Hey everyone, Alex here, director and narrator for Saints Alive. If you are supporting us today, thank you. For those who are on the fence, we want you to know that in order to continue to create these episodes, we need your help. We have so much in store for this apostolate. And if each of our listeners gave as little as $5 a month, we would be fully funded. Visit saintsalivepodcast.com slash donate today and check out some of the fun perks that go along with patronage. When you donate to Saints Alive, you are supporting a small Catholic business with a big vision. You're funding the development of two new series this year. And most of all, you're helping to transform our culture by igniting the church with the lives of the saints. Join us today at saintsalivepodcast.com slash donate. Welcome to Saints Alive, where we take you with us to meet God's most heroic followers. The saints were just ordinary boys and girls who allowed God's love to transform them into real-life superheroes. Their love for God changed our world. Did you know that God has sent you here to become a saint? It's up to you to choose love over fear, to be courageous, faithful, and kind. The choice to become a saint won't be easy, but it will be worth it. So listen closely and open your hearts. These real-life tales of the saints from the past may just inspire you how to live your story. Let's go on this adventure together. Catholic Family Crate and Saints Alive have teamed up to create an interactive listening experience with a collection of saint coloring pages. These pages are hand-illustrated, free, and you can download and print them from any computer. Color along by listening to Saints Alive by downloading these coloring sheets at catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. Again, that link is catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. In our last episode, we heard about the incredible knight, Inigo. He was set on one thing and one thing only, personal glory. That is, until his leg was broken in battle. Forced to rest and recover, Inigo picked up a book on the lives of the saints that changed his heart. When we last left our story, Inigo's leg was still healing, but he was on a mission. He mounted his horse and rode off to Jerusalem, no longer in pursuit of personal glory, but in the glory of God. As he journeyed toward the blue Mediterranean waters of Barcelona, the jagged mountains of Montserrat slowly encroached upon him. It was in this small mountain town that Inigo would continue his deeper conversion to Christ. A poor beggar on the side of the street grabbed his attention. Inigo looked down at his fine silk wardrobe and then back to the beggar. Quite the sunset. Quite. Inigo. Pardon? My name, good lad. Inigo. To whom do I have the honor of speaking with? Oh, yes. Raphael. Pleasure to meet you, Raphael. Pleasure. 
I tell you, good sir, it was a gorgeous sunny day, but the nights can grow bitingly brisk. That they can. I have no need for such extravagant wear. Would these items bring you more warmth this evening? Oh, sir, those look rather expensive. I could never accept them. Please, my friend, I insist. Take my overgown. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, thank And my jerkin. Thank you. And my doublet. Wow, the... My other doublet. My... And my other doublet. Yes, sir. And, well, my other doublet. Good heavens. And my belt. And the belt buckle. Are you sure? Yes, and the belt buckle. Thank you. Inigo, was it? This is an unexpected blessing. Well, Raphael, he who goes about to reform the world must begin with himself, or he loses his labor. Yes. Yes, sir, I can tell you are a holy man. Ah, those are kind words, but I am just a servant. That is all. Just a servant of Christ. Good day. Good day. Yeah. As the moon rose over Montserrat, beams of blue shined upon a beautiful Benedictine abbey built into the mountainside. Inigo desired a place to pray, and the grandeur of this basilica beckoned Inigo to enter. He dismounted his horse, tied him up, and opened the church's doors. The views inside were just as breathtaking. The stained glass windows dazzled even without the aid of the day's light. The high arches appeared to reach toward heaven. At the back of the church, above the altar area, a statue of the Black Madonna stood as a warm welcome for Inigo. He walked toward it, knelt, and began a long night's prayer. My liege lord, I am a small man with great fire. I am a soldier with holy desire. I am a sinner who will never tire. Make me your man. Make me a soldier of Christ. Make me a saint, one of your heavenly knights. Lord, teach me to be generous, to serve you as you deserve, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor and not to look for any reward, save that of knowing that I do your holy will. Enigio continued praying throughout the night. The moonlight paraded around the church until the sun's soft glow finally began to rise. Enigio looked down at the sword hanging by his side, and then back up to the Black Madonna. My humble lady, Mother Mary, I lay my sword down before you, entrusting my well-being into your care. Wrap me in your mantle and give me the words of truth, sharper than any two-edged sword, that I may pierce hearts with wisdom and sincerity. Enigio set his sword down on the altar, genuflected, and rose. He was officially a spiritual soldier, ready for combat.
after Mass and receiving the Eucharist, Inigo walked outside and untied his horse. You have been a good partner to me. With haste now, show us the meaning of freedom. Inigo watched as his horse rode off into the distance. The sharp silhouetted mountains glowed with the rising of the sun. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Inigo thought about heading toward Barcelona, but instead traveled to the nearby town of Manresa. He hoped to stay for a few days in the hospital lodging there, offered to the impoverished. But those few days turned into weeks and then months. He would perform chores around the hospital in exchange for a bed, and he would scrounge what he could for food around town. However, he spent most of his time in a nearby cave, deep in prayer with God. Even though he felt close to God, he suffered from doubts, anxieties, and even depression during this time. He took notes about all the different movements in his heart with the hopes of using them to help others one day. If God causes you to suffer much, it is a sign that he certainly intends to make you a saint. Yes, yes, this is true. It must be. Sin is unwillingness to trust that what God wants for me is only my deepest happiness. Yes, this is true. Anytime I have sinned, it is because I fail to see God's goodness clearly. Oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think I am strong enough for this. How can I keep up these practices which I have begun? St. Catherine was so much holier than I. St. Francis was much more of a man than I. No. No! I rebuke such lies. After you have made a decision that is pleasing to God, the devil may try to make you have second thoughts. Intensify your prayer time, meditation, and good deeds. For if Satan's temptations merely cause you to increase your efforts to grow in holiness, he'll have an incentive to leave you alone. Yes, yes. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Despite the doubts and insecurities that stirred in Inigo, he continued to trust in the Lord. This led to a deeper and even more profound conversion in his heart. He was truly becoming a soldier of Christ, fit for any battle. He eventually did catch a boat to the Holy Land. However, the superior who had authority over Catholics in the Holy Land ordered him to return shortly after arriving. The situation was too dangerous for a pilgrim such as Inigo. When he arrived back, Inigo was determined for the priesthood. However, Latin was a necessary preliminary at the time, 
and Inigo had no such proficiencies. So, at the ripe age of 33, Inigo enrolled in school to learn Latin alongside boys aged 8 to 14 years old. How do you say excuse me in Latin? I'm not telling you. Psst. Psst. How do you say excuse me in Latin? Shh. You're gonna get us in trouble. Plus that is cheating. Fair, fair. I was just testing you too. Well done. After learning Latin, Enigo was finally able to attend a university and pursue his higher education. However, his zeal for Christ caused trouble. At his first university, he often gathered students together to teach them about the gospel. Because of the Inquisition, only ordained priests or those with theological degrees could teach the faith. Enigo was not yet ordained and had no degree, so he was arrested for teaching students and put in prison for six weeks. When he transferred universities, Dominicans also found him sharing the faith and again had him thrown in prison. All in all, he was arrested three times before transferring universities once more. He landed at the University of Paris, the premier university of Europe. And while there, he roomed with two other men. Inigo. Inigo? No, no. Inigo. Inigo? You know what? Just call me Ignatius. Ignatius? Yes. That sounds nice. Peter. Peter Fabre. Ignatius, you said? Yes. Francis. Francis Xavier. Ignatius like Ignatius of Antioch. Because you look that old. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps, gentlemen. Perhaps. Oh, we are only making light. No need to apologize. I can handle some good fun. You laugh and you grow strong. Well then, I think we are going to like you. Gentlemen, it is an honor to room with you. I have a feeling whatever happens in this little space could just change the world. Ignatius's humble and faithful lifestyle was strange at first to his new roommates. But over time, his way of life grew more and more attractive to them. Peter was more naturally inclined to listen to Ignatius talk about the faith, but Francis was more easily swayed by the university lifestyle. Only when Peter left to visit home would Francis fully entertain what Ignatius had to say about God. Francis, where are you headed this fine evening? Oh, just a little gathering of sorts. Welcome. Eat with me first. Come. Francis, curiosity has a hold on me. What brings you joy? <laughs> that seems a bit difficult to answer. Humor me. It is a relatively simple question. Do not make it too complex. I suppose... Friends? Friends are important. Agreed. 
What else? Gatherings like tonight? A gathering can be quite valuable. There is no doubt. Why did you leave everything? Why are you here? Mm. That is a good question. Mm. I had the world, Francis. And yet I felt like I had nothing. What will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Yes, but why go to this extreme? Why not just live a good life and be a good person? Ah, yes. But therein lies the real question, doesn't it? What question? What is good? Surely good cannot vary from person to person. Because then good would not be what it claims to be. Now would it? Yes. Hmm. Yes, I suppose that raises a rather intriguing point. Francis, if you are genuinely curious, I could share with you some notes from my time in prayer in Manresa. I have actually been formulating them into more coherent thoughts. I liken them to spiritual exercises, if you will. <laughs> Why not, old man? Both Peter and Francis eventually bonded deeply with Ignatius. Peter was ordained a priest in 1534. These friends in the Lord, as they called themselves, eventually grew into a wider circle of friends. Ignatius shared his vision of evangelizing the Holy Land, and his enthusiasm combined with his ardent zeal for Christ led Peter, Francis, and four other men to dedicating their lives to Christ. Together, they took vows of chastity and poverty with the hopes of being on mission in the Holy Land. If after a year, our plans in the Holy Land become blatantly impossible, we shall push in further. We shall place our lives at the disposal of the Pope. Wherever the Vicar of Christ wants us, we shall go. All in, say aye. 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 In the year 1537, Ignatius and his friends were all ordained priests. 1537 was also the same year that he and his companions of Jesus waited in Venice to board a ship that would take them to the Holy Land. However, a war between Venice and the Turkish Empire banned any ship from traveling to the Holy Land. It became apparent that the Lord wanted the companions of Jesus to serve the Pope's needs. Sons of God, listen! Friends in the Lord, hear me! This is the moment saints are made! This is the moment that God himself has fashioned for you! This is your calling! There is no turning back. There is no doubting this. Men! The victor has already sung his song. After this day, we may be erased from the history books. Gone with the setting of the sun. But we will be etched into the immortal pages of our eternal father. We shall march to Rome, and the Lord's will be done. We will act as if everything depended on us, but we will trust as if everything depended on God. From there, we know not what will happen, but we do know why it will happen. For the greater glory of God! For the greater glory of God! 
for the greater glory of God. Ad maiorum dei gloriam. Ignatius took Peter and another companion to Rome, and there they placed themselves at the disposal of the Pope. They were put to work, and Ignatius eventually rallied the remainder of their friend group to join them in Rome and discuss their future. After a period of prayer and discernment, they decided to form a new religious order. In the year 1540, Pope Paul III approved the founding of the Societas Jesu, the Society of Jesus. On top of their vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, the Society of Jesus added another vow. They would place themselves at the disposal of a superior general who would hold office until the end of his life. The original Society of Jesus unanimously voted for Ignatius as their first superior general. Oh, no, 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 no. That is very kind of you all, but I insist upon a revolt. Ignatius, it is only fitting that you lead this charge. Again, that is quite thoughtful of you, Peter. However, I desire nothing but to merely be a humble servant to you all. I beg you, my friends, let us revolt. Ignatius, it has been decided. You are our leader. Well then, Francis, as your leader, I am calling for a revolt. When the votes were recast, the same results unfolded. Ignatius was the unanimous selection to lead the Society of Jesus. <laughs> no, no, no. I insist it be someone else. You know my story. I'm prone to pride. This could... <sighs> Ignatius, perhaps the humble thing is to accept your leadership and serve us by being a good leader. I... I... Uh, Francis, your wisdom has grown exponentially. And at the moment, I wish it hadn't. <laughs> Ignatius remained in Rome while he sent his fellow missionaries out into the world to serve the needs of any neighbor that should summon them. He constantly wrote letters to his friends, assuring them of his love and care while he handled the day-to-day -day operations of their community. The Society of Jesus grew rapidly, and as Portugal colonized India, the Pope asked the new order to accept the mission of evangelizing the Indies. They humbly obliged. The first man Ignatius sent east fell ill, however, and another man was needed. Well, Francis, here is an undertaking for you. Good. I am ready. Should you accept? There is a high probability this will be the last time we see one another on this side of heaven. Yes, it saddens me deeply. But Ignatius, I am ready. I am proud of the man you have become. Now, ite inflammate omnia. <laughs> I can confidently say the same, dear friend. Among the many signs of a lively faith and hope we have in eternal life, one of the surest is not being overly sad at the death of those whom we dearly love in our Lord. Today, I rejoice. I lose a brother, but heaven gains a great saint. <laughs> Your idyllic fancies will cease, will they? I suppose not. Pray with me, brother. Soul of Christ, sanctify me. 
Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. O good Jesus, hear me. Within your wounds, conceal me. Do not permit me to be parted from you. From the evil foe, protect me. At the hour of my death, call me and bid me come to you to praise you with all your saints forever and ever. Amen. Francis Xavier went on to baptize roughly 30,000 converts, making him one of the greatest missionaries in the history of Christianity. Without Ignatius boldly investing in Francis, our world would look drastically different today. Their friend, Peter, also went on to become a great saint himself. The impact from St. Ignatius of Loyola's life is immeasurable. The notes he took in the cave of Manresa later turned into the spiritual exercises which impacted not just Francis and Peter, but countless saints over the years. They are still a tremendous resource to us today. The Society of Jesus, the Jesuits as they were nicknamed, have since become the single largest Catholic religious order. They have helped convert millions of souls to the love of Christ. St. Ignatius originally desired to become the greatest knight Spain had ever known, but his profound love for Jesus led him to leave those pursuits and become one of the greatest knights of Christ the world has ever known. He reminds us that when we dedicate our lives to Christ, the adventure God takes us on far surpasses anything the world can ever offer. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Alex. I'm Melissa. And I'm Tanner. And we are the team of Saints Alive. We are so grateful for all of our wonderful listeners and need your help to keep this going. Please consider donating to our ministry through our Patreon account, which you can find through our website at www.saintsalivepodcast.com. A special thanks to our new patrons who are donating $10 a month and up. These are families and individuals who donate to help us to continue Saints Alive. And a special thanks to our new patrons, Dominic, Genevieve, Eleanor, Theodore, Sebastian, and Xavier Molly, Alec and Thomas Siekinen, Doug, Sarah, Colby, Isabel, and Hadassah Stillings, Vivian, Annabelle, and Josephine Gonzalez, Mary, Ambrose, Gemma, and the rest of the Winters family, John Thomas, Elizabeth, and Charlotte Burroughs, Grayson, Luke, Brooks, and Lucy Bow, and Anne Claire, Julian, Cecilia, and Dominic Andrus. Thank you all so much. We are 
excited to announce the launch of our Saints Alive Youth Missions. We are now bringing Saints Alive to you, live, in your parish or school. Our youth missions are dynamic talks to inspire your children to set out on the journey to sainthood. Complete with giveaways, you can turn our normal school day into a day that forms future saints. Booking now for the coming fall and spring semesters. Email us today for more information at saintsalivetalks at gmail.com. And don't forget to mark your calendars for our next episode on St. Maximilian Kolbe, premiering August 14th.